Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the Enough Podcast. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by your host, the one and only, Mr. Patrick Roan. Do, do you have a middle name, Pat? I do. What is it? Or is that a secret? <laughs> well, okay. It, it's a very old French name. I like where this is going. It, it is the male version of the name Camille. So what is it? How do you say that then? It is Omil. Omil. O-M as in Mary, I-L-L-E. So you are Patrick Omil Ron. Yes. I like that. Patrick Omil Ron. Patrick Omil Ron. Ron, if you want to say Ron. Patrick Omil Ron. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Everyone stand off. That's it. Gone too far. But... But it's a very old name. My my name. I am actually the fifth uh, generation Patrick O'Meal Roan. Before we begin today, uh, Emil, uh huh. Can I just say how incredibly proud I am of Brad Dowdy? Oh my gosh! Yeah. No kidding, huh? I am so proud of this man. Him and Jeffrey at the moment, it's actually unreal. So, what is it, like 30,000 now? They are right. So, Brad Dowdy of The Pen Addict and Je- his friend Jeffrey Brookwicky, um, yeah. he's, he's been making uh, bags and such for a long time. Um, they launched a Kickstarter project, which we've been talking about on The Pen Addict, which I, I believe there is a, a strong overlap of listeners between this show and The Pen Addict. I would hope so. Um, they. They launched a Kickstarter for some pen uh, pen cases that Brad yeah. had, had been looking at making for some time now. Um, they had a goal of $5,000, which they th- felt that they would Very. be able to meet. They, it was a conservative goal for that reason. Um, Very conservative. Uh, Brad, they, they, that was exactly the amount of money that they needed to, to start making the products and to make a little bit of money. So that was what they were going for. Um, they met $5,000 in an hour. <laughs> they are currently at twenty six and a half thousand dollars at the time of recording. That is just insane. It's not letting up. They are five hundred percent funded so far, and, and they have twenty nine days. It's to not go. done funding until like October thirtieth or yep, something. They right? have twenty nine. They have a thirty day Kickstarter, um, and they they have one left of their early bird special. Um. I think that anybody that goes and buys... I mean, if you are a person that owns pens, you should be buying this because if you like to to, to, to sort of look after your pens, Brad mm-hmm. n- Brad is a man. He says in the video, in these cases, he is sometimes keeping upwards of $1,000 worth of pens because of the collection yeah. that he has. So yeah. he is building something that will protect them. So I have pledged $75 to get all of the cases. I think they've got five designs Wow, in total. Nice. Um, and well, you, I mean, that's about like, you know, two pounds, 20p and, you know, once you do the conversion. Well, I've got, uh, I've got to add the extra shipping, the $10 shipping. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so th- they've, got, they've got a bunch of different <laughs> pledging levels that get you different cases or different like um, you can get sort of different combinations of cases and stuff. Um, really cool colors. I cannot even begin to express my pride and excitement and i cannot wait to record the pen addict today oh i bet you it's gonna, be, I'm, it's gonna be great i'm so excited to talk to him um yeah, very very proud i mean you know the 
the the cases, I mean, they look great. I mean, I want people to understand it's more than just like, oh, he's just going to make these cases. He's actually started a whole company with this in mind. Like, this isn't going to be just, like some Kickstarter thing and you receive these things like the Pebble and like you never hear about this stuff. Yeah. Anymore. Like, this, this was gonna always be like, a thing. You know, like, they wanted to create a company that makes stuff like this, but they mm-hmm. needed some equipment if they wanted to keep it going. So the actual, the $5,000 was to buy some extra equipment that they could then own and could use for, for mm. later. So right. they can make other stuff. And I know right. of some other stuff that they're going to make and it's people are going to be very, very happy with the future of Knock. And that, do you know what I hope? I, oh, I want them to make like $150,000 so this can just be what they do. Well, so here's, what here's really the thing. I want people to know their Kickstarter reward levels are ridiculously cheap. Yeah. I mean, for what they're offering for rewards, I would expect to pay three times what I paid. I mean, at the $15 level, I gave it the $15 level. I mean, which is nothing, right? I, I, feel, I feel almost bad giving it that level. But, I mean, that gave me, like, two of their nice zipper pin cases. I think they call them the chimney top or something like that. And their Field Notes dual memo book uh, cover not really cover it's a it's a case it's insane that you get three cases you get three cases for 15 bucks Uh, and this brings to my mind like how much are you going to sell these things for once they're like you know it's like a whole official company similar amount i would assume really i'll uh, do you know what i will ask him look ask him about that because he, he could charge three times the amount for what he's charging for this stuff I'm, Seriously, I'm he should raise the prices. Opening the document right now. Okay. Patrick Roan wants to know. I'm I'm just saying, one one of those pen cases alone should be should be ten bucks, at the minimum, fifteen, easily. I would pay fifteen dollars for 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 one of those chimney top pen cases, and I think most of other people would. But you know what? What? I bet they've made twenty seven thousand dollars. Because they are so cheap. Well, I mean, that's that's a big part of it, you know, right? And, 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 and I doubt from them that they did it that way, but that's probably really helped because you, the value for money is obviously incredible. And obviously, they're making money, I'm sure. I'm sure they're making I, like... I really hope so. I mean, oh, my, my concern be. is that they're not... Like, yeah, tw- their goal was 5000 and, you know, they've got, you know, twenty five going on 30 or whatever. But... I look at the reward levels. I'm thinking to myself, is that enough money to make all that stuff? Well, okay. I mean, I don't Whatever. know the profit margins. You, you can you can grill him about that. For Knowing me. Brad I'm, as I do, oh, he's smart enough to to make money. Oh, like. I know, I know. I mean, but yeah, I, I get it. But still, it's like you know, dude, raise your prices. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and here I am about to you know discuss money. <laughs> Oh, and the things that we buy, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this is really quality stuff. And when you're making some, when you're making things of this quality, the price should reflect that. And in fact, I would argue that the price gives confidence in the quality. Right? You may think that you know people see the you know. See something five dollars and see something fifteen dollars, and automatically are like, "Well, I'm going to buy the five dollar thing because it's cheaper." Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. I look at the $15 thing and I say, okay, why is this three times more? And that gets me to investigate why this is three times more than this. And generally what it means is, okay, I mean, here's a quality product made out of ballistic-grade nylon. You know, 1,000-pound Kodora is what he's using for this stuff. Which, by the way, like, you know, same stuff that, like, Goruck uses for, for their packs. Um, and made in the USA. You know, with American hands and American labor. That's worth something. Anyway. That's worth more than anything you could buy uh, made in Japan or China or Korea or Taiwan. So we're going to obviously talk about this a lot on the Pen Addict today. Go yeah, to 5 yeah, 5 tv slash Pen Addict and you're going to hear all about it. But you have some stuff that you wanted to talk about that, that wasn't pen cases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, first off, since we're t- you know talking about things that kind of you know we're promoting, I might as well lead off with. So um, I did this Apple consulting guide a while back, like two, three months back. It was kind of a hit. Basically, takes my 20 years of experience in, uh, in consulting, uh, specifically technical consulting with an, with an Apple focus, and distills it down into um, everything you know to get started in this or to decide that it's not for you. I mean, this gives you all of the information that you need to kind of make that choice, and should you make that choice, everything you kind of need to know to get started. And it's great. It's only five bucks. I urge anyone who's ever even considered it or even really even just considered into getting into business for themselves because uh, this isn't just about Apple Consulting. 90% of the information in there applies to any uh, self-run business, um, especially a self-run consulting business. Um, so highly recommend that. But um, over the past uh, couple weeks, I finally forced myself to sit down on a chair and record the audiobook version of this, which I just released yesterday. So for those of you who don't want to take the time to read the actual ebook that I did or, you know, it's easier for you to listen to these things in the car, I highly urge getting the audiobook version, and I will make sure to give Mike a link for the show notes for said thing. Got him. Terrific. All right. So, um, highly recommended, but that's not, I'm not on here to promote. Um, one of our listeners, uh, that would be, uh, I hope I get the name right, Sebastian Reshka. Um, uh, asked about um, if I could talk just a little bit about how I how I put together this audiobook. And uh, my immediate thought was, well, that would be a very short conversation because, you know, I mean, anyone who reads Minimal Mac should know how I put together this audiobook. <laughs> but then I figured, well, no, many people don't know that everything that they need to do this comes built right in. Except the it, microphone. Well, except the, for the microphone, but I mean, heck, use your... And you, you the, know. Uh, the velvety smooth tones. <laughs> well, a quality microphone is great, and I use the Blue Yeti. Um, I like just about everyone on 5x5. Uh, uh, that's actually wrong now, you know. 
really have has everyone else moved to the to the overpriced um most people buy the road podcaster and yeah, and there are parts of it which i would recommend however for pretty much 90% of use cases i would still go for the blue yeti yeah two two main reasons price the the yeti is typically half the price of that and amazon quite Easily. frequently do a deal with it yeah, or you get it for cheap, and also, um, so mi- micro- microphones have a setting called gain, which is about the amount of audio, like the 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 loudness, the volume that's mm-hmm. going to come through mm-hmm. the microphone, how much noise it picks up. You need to obviously be careful with your gain. If you gain too high, you could pick up too much background noise. But the the Rode Podcaster doesn't have a wide enough gain range, so it's very quiet, and typically. I, with anybody that um, has a road podcaster, I have to do some work in post processing to boost their audio levels to to get them to come through. With Patrick and with everybody that I know that has a Yeti, you do not need to do this because the levels are actually pretty solid. So, for example, on the prompt, which is another show that I do, Stephen has a road podcaster, Federico has a Yeti. Typically, Federico, volume wise, sounds better than Stephen, but the actual tones of the microphone are better from the road. So there's a very brief and, and, USB. And you'd much rather have the tone be better than to uh, have uh, the, you know, the hot, uh, the hotness of the microphone be better. Yeah, I mean, there, there. If you are going to be a podcaster and you want to mm-hmm. spend some money on it, then you should get the Rode because the actual quality, of the sound is better. You just need to do a bit of work to increase the volume. But for most people, you should get the Yeti. Yeah. Oh well, enough nerding out about microphones. Because mm-hmm. uh, the bottom line is that I'm going to argue that that you know it's it's important, but it's not that important. And yes, for this, the Yeti is just fine. Um, so you've got QuickTime. QuickTime, launch it. Go to new audio recording. Press play or press record and start talking. It really is as simple as that. Um, Now, one of the things that I will note is that when recording an audiobook, at least when I was recording an audiobook, what I had to do was, you know, with QuickTime, launch the QuickTime and then switch to uh, preview. Um, where I had a PDF of the of the book that I was kind of reading through, um, and so <clears throat> um, that caused a little bit of a problem because you have this, you know, you could hear me switching the, you know, using the keyboard command, you know, using Command Tab, you could hear me switching like right at the beginning, um, and right at the end to go back and stop the recording. Uh, other thing I want to note about QuickTime is that with Mountain Lion, they changed a little bit of that new audio recording behavior to something that is completely ludicrous and ridiculous, um, which is, by default, it records it as an audio-only movie. Yeah, it will do that. Yep. And you can export, but it, it does a weird thing. Yeah, so when you go to save it, you have to save it. You have to switch it from movie to audio-only. Don't know why it does that. 
It, 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 it makes zero sense, and it didn't do this before. This is a change with Mountain Lion, and it's ridiculous, okay? But I digress. It's just one of those weird things. That, you know, Apple occasionally, you know, Apple does lots of things that are just intuitive and just plain work and just makes sense, but I almost feel like they're compelled. They're compelled to introduce something that is completely obtuse just so that they can't be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, oh, gosh, what was that... Uh, there's a practice in, is it, you know, Chinese or Japanese? I can't remember. But, the, but there, there's this practice of intentionally introducing flaws in order to uh, fight perfection. Right? In, in any case, I digress. So that's what Apple does. So you do that, Right? You save it as an audio file. You go through and you do these things, and you're like, okay, well, I got, I got this sound at the beginning and the end that I want to get rid of. So my first thought was, well, you know, I'm going to call Mike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shoot Mike a message and say, hey, can you, can you edit these files for me? And I did that, and Mike was traveling to XO, XO and having a great time, and was like, yeah, maybe sure, uh, but I can't even really talk about it now because I'm traveling. Why don't you wait till we get yeah get back and stuff like that? Was great. I'm glad that happened. You know why? Do you know my, why, Mike? Saved you some money. It saved me some money because that <laughs> forced me to think about. Wait a second. I bet you I could do this with QuickTime. And you can. It's called Trim. It's under the edit menu, I do believe. GarageBand uh, is really easy, though. And you could have recorded it and edited it, edited it all in there. And I would actually recommend that over QuickTime, <sighs> which also comes with most Macs. GarageBand is so easy to use. And it's very easy to pull out. It, it would have been easy. Uh, honestly, Pat, it would have been easier for you to pull out those noises in GarageBand than, than QuickTime. Just for the precision, you would, you would have been able to do it faster. You know, I I opened up GarageBand, and I took one look, and it gave me these options of like you know voice and yeah. podcast and just choose podcast everything else, and then I clicked on that, and then it wanted me to like choose like tempos and stuff. I'm like, okay, no, no, I just yeah, want to. You can just ignore all of that and just just click okay, 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 and then you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, I know that yeah. that little first hump is there, but for for doing the very simple editing, you would have been much better served. I mean, but you obviously did it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I basically will... what I did was I, you know, went through each of the twenty files and then you know trimmed a second off the front and a second off the end. Well, basically. I've just, you know I've just downloaded the book, so I will tell you how good a job you did. How okay, about, yeah, fine, uh, please do. <laughs> Um, especially because, I mean, this is going to be a living book, just like, um, or, you know, the audio book is going to be the same as the ebook, which is as I come up with more ideas of things to discuss, more tips, more, you know, more things I think people should know about. Now I've got two things to, to update and to send updates out about. I'm going to send, I'm going to write the new chapter, but at the same time, I'm going to record that new section of the audiobook and release those out to people. 
so it will continuously grow. Which is another reason why, I mean, I wanted to do these as individual tracks, as it were, or, you know, individual, like, like songs, as it were, yep. um, as opposed to, like, one long album. So instead of one long audiobook, like, I know a lot of them come as just one long thing. Sean this did is, that as well with his book, like, although he, he, you could, he has individual tracks or, like, yeah. the whole big shebang. Yeah. So then once I had everything and I had trimmed off a second at the end and da 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 then to turn it into a quote-unquote audiobook, I just dragged that stuff into iTunes. Mm-hmm. I dragged it into iTunes and it came up as, you know, just like the titles with no, like, artist information or anything like that. Well, you select all, you get info, and now you can change all that stuff across all of those multiple tracks. Yep, and so you, you can, can change add- the... Um- you can change it to uh, audiobook in the. Yes, yeah, you, you can change that? the type so it automatically files in iTunes into the audiobook section. Do you know why the mass, the main reason you want to do that though? But I don't know if you know this. Um, because now, if somebody goes away and comes back and they've listened to like a, some music in the middle, it will take them back to where they were in the file. And if you hadn't done that, it wouldn't have done that. So ah, they would go away, come back, and they would be starting from the start again. Interesting. If it's if it's classed as an audiobook or a podcast, then it will remember the play position. Nice. Nice. Well, and the other thing too that's nice is that you can do a uh, a vocal equalizer preset too, so that when someone plays that, it automatically sets their sets their equalizer to be op- op- um, to be optimized for voice. Nobody needs to optimize anything for your voice. Your voice is optimized for <laughs> sound. So I'm just saying that iTunes in the if you've never you know done get info on a track in iTunes, you really should to see the myriad of options that you have there. Um, it's it's just insane, and you can add the cover artwork there and everything else. Yep, and then you um, can you can export it. As an MP3 or an AAC. Yep. Yep. It's yep. very and powerful I, for very basic stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? Is that I was able to do this using tools that come on an out of the box Mac. You know, here I was able to produce, you know, record, produce, and ship an audiobook. And, well, you know, the recording actually took me a couple of weeks, but. That was my hassle, right? I mean, if I worked at it, I could have done this in in an evening, right? Gone from nothing to having something to ship and sell in a few hours, right? I mean, it's just, I I cannot stress enough. Like, try doing this with a PC out of the box. No additional software needed. You can't. You cannot. There is no way to do what I was able to do. With a Mac, you can. It's just insane. Just I, It blows my mind every time I think about stuff like this. So, so yeah. So, uh, download the, uh, you know, go, go ahead and get the books. They're only five bucks, and I think they're worth it. So, Speaking of uh, worth it, we have a sponsor to uh, to insert here, don't we? 
<laughs> yes, we should we should take a moment to thank the fine people that make this show possible. And that is of course Squarespace.com, the only one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO10. Squarespace, they make it really, really simple and fun to create your own professional website or online portfolio, as I said. They do. Mm. But it's not just that, right? So not only can you create portfolios and maybe blogs and stuff like that, you can do like... Uh, maybe you want a site for your business. Maybe you're a restaurant and you want a site for that. They have templates which are focused just around that sort of stuff. They have um, commerce, so you can set mm-hmm. up a site not just for your business but to sell stuff as well. So we were talking about Brad earlier, right, with yeah. Co. Their blog is on Squarespace, and when they set up their store, they're going to use Squarespace to sell their products. Yeah. So there you go. Proven, the proof is in the pudding. Right there. Yeah. And Brad said that he looked around at a bunch of providers and there was nobody that gave as solid a... Um, and he said this to me off the air. This, is, wasn't, this wasn't even part of the ad. He said like that he was happy to talk about it on the show because he looked around, him and Jeffrey looked around, and for a company that could give them everything that they wanted, nobody could do it like Squarespace did. Yeah. But I was yeah. very happy to hear that, actually, because I believed that they could do that. And obviously, I was right because Squarespace yeah. is awesome. So they're always doing great stuff to improve their platform, new features, new designs all the time. They're, they have beautiful templates. They have 20 templates that you can start with. And they've won numerous design awards. Squarespace has 24-7 customer support. They have over 70 employees based in New York City that are on hand to help you with any problems that you may encounter or you just need any assistance. They're always there for you. They have... Uh, Web sort of responsive web design built right in, so your site's going to look fantastic on every device. They've done great work on the back end as well to make this make that all look beautiful. It's not just what your users see; you're going to have a really great experience as a Squarespace user as well. It's all really easy to use. It's all really simple, clean, and looks really good. I want you to go and sign up for a Squarespace trial. There's no credit card needed. Go to squarespace.com to do that, and make sure you use the offer code TallyHo10. That's going to get you 10% off, and help show your support for the enough podcast so thanks so much to squarespace for their support of the show and for giving you everything that you need to create an exceptional website yeah thanks a lot squarespace 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 so uh yeah i'm I'm sorry you got me stuck looking at uh looking at uh templates here and you know, discovering, you know, because they have, so, you know, they, uh, you choose a template and then it brings you to a page where it shows you uh, other customers who are using that particular t- template. They actually, you know, kind of show you some uh-huh. live examples. Yeah, I'm looking at this Fide uh, World chess set, which just looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's a gorgeous chess set. Um, all right. So uh, the other thing I wanted uh, to, because we don't need to buy more things. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is this idea that uh, kind of came to me, and actually came to me in a you know, interesting way. Um, I was I was discussing with a friend about um, about the Amish and their you know approach to to stuff. Um, especially technology. Um, uh, I, I know you don't really have Amish in your country, Mike, but 
uh, we have Amish communities uh, kind of all over the country here. Um, they're they're um, usually in rural areas, um, but um, you know, as you may know, they have some very strong feelings about about technology, and it's different. Uh, different Amish communities have their own kind of feelings and approach uh, to this, but. In general, um, most of it is, uh, at least philosophically, its its basis the same, which is that it's not enough to just adopt something just because it's cool or just because you know it's new or just because it's it's uh, shiny and you know looks good. Um, but you really um, there's a lot of debate about not only what benefits something a thing introduces but also what problems it introduces as well and oftentimes uh, say for instance uh, cars versus horse and buggy right well a car introduces a lot of problems um, that they feel outweigh its benefits um, you know that now you're kind of you're you're able to travel farther, which means that you do more outside of your community um, as opposed to within it. You're able to you know gasoline cost, maintenance costs, right? Um, when you have a horse and buggy, well, this horse is able to pull all sorts of things, do all sorts of other work around the farm that you can't do with a car, right? You can't, you know, hook a car up to a plow and pull it through the field. Um, you know, but you can do that with a horse. Uh, and and so there's, a, you know, a lot of reasons that they look at that and they say, okay, well, you know, the car actually introduces more problems and has more cost than what we already have and so there's no reason to replace what we already have that's working out just fine that's true for everything that we buy right um and i i wrote about this recently on on my personal site patrickbrown.com and i used a shirt as an example okay let's say that i buy a shirt well that shirt has costs far beyond just the purchase of that shirt, right? Because now I have this additional piece of clothing that I have to wash and I have to maintain. And to wash that shirt, it takes water and soap and electricity, right? And sure, it's, it might be a minuscule amount. Let's just say it's five cents. Five cents to wash that shirt. With, you know, when you add up the amount of soap that's needed, the amount of water, the amount of electricity, it comes to five cents, okay? Well, I might wash that shirt 200 times in, in my ownership of it, in its lifetime. Guess what? That's $10, right? Maybe the shirt only cost me 10 bucks. But now I've paid double what the shirt was actually worth. And so 
one has to ask themselves with everything that they introduce into their life, what are the additional costs that it will take to maintain this, right? Um, you know, same thing goes for cars, right? Uh, I've talked before about my idea um, that there are some cars that are designed to last five years and there are other cars that are designed to last 20 years, right? And the ones that are designed to last 20 years are generally going to be more expensive cars. Um, and those more expensive cars are actually going to have more expensive maintenance, right? And so it's not just a matter of a, say, $15,000 car versus a $40,000 car. It's also a matter of a $15,000 car that will last you for five years that you'll have to perform, let's just say, $500 worth of maintenance on every 50,000 miles, mm -hmm. okay, versus a $40,000 car that will last you for 20 years that you're going to end up having to pay $1,000 worth of maintenance on every 50,000 miles if you want it to, to last that long, right? And in fact, yeah, that it's, it's much, much, much more expensive. But guess what? You're, you're buying into that when you make that decision, right? When you decide that it's worth it to you to not have to worry about replacing it in five years. That it's worth it to you to actually own a car and not have to make payments on it for that long of a time that it washes itself out, right? Um, you know, the, the fact is, is that uh, owning the car over that period of time will give you much greater value versus, you know, having to spend that several times on a $15,000 car, right? Or at least four. Right, And so these are the sorts of choices and decisions that we make unconsciously, generally, about everything. We don't realize we're making it. We only look at the cost of what something costs up front. We don't look at what else we're buying into when we buy this thing. Um, uh, very uh, interesting quote on this by... Uh, uh, someone named Anna Lapp or Lappy, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, which is every time you spend money you're casting a vote for the kind of world you want. And that's true. Mm. And it's very true in our personal lives. What kind of world do we want for ourselves? Anything that we purchase, anything that we bring into our lives, even if it's free, that free thing comes with some other cost. Some cost philosophically, some cost monetarily, but it's, it's cost. It's, it's a maintenance. It's a responsibility. It's a commitment that you are now making. And that is a price that gets paid. And we won't even get into, like with the shirt, for example. Well, now, not only is the washing, that's five cents. How much of your time is going into folding that shirt? Hanging it up? You know, throwing it in the laundry hamper when you're done wearing it? You say, oh, well, that's just a few seconds here and a few seconds there. Yeah, but guess what? Seconds turn into minutes. Minutes turn into hours. Hours turn into days. 
and days turn into weeks and months and years. How many years is that shirt going to cost you? We need to think about these things when we introduce things into our lives. And perhaps the more efficient thing to do would be for every shirt that we bring in, we get rid of one. One in, one out. One in, one out. Because guess what? Then like-like kind of cancels each other out. It's a cost that you're already paying. It's not an additional cost on top of what you're already doing. Right? And this is one of the reasons why we we look at final choices and sensible defaults and things like that. But you know, a, a big part of uh, you know a, a big part of the quote unquote minimalist lifestyle is making a conscious decision and really based on deep introspection and actual re, you know looking at what you do, looking at how you live, right, and seeing this thing. Is it, is it worth it? Is it providing value to me? And if not, it should go. And if I need to replace it, or if this thing is no longer providing value to me, but I need something like it, like if I get rid of this, a hole will be left. Number one, you got to question whether or not you really need to fill that hole. And if you do, you really need to look at what you replace that with. And make sure that you're comfortable with what you're buying into. So, that's my big thought of the day for folks to take away with. I like it. Of course, I say this on my birthday when people are giving me things. I got a beautiful pair of shoes this morning, and now I'm looking at my closet deciding what shoes I need to let go of. Is it your birthday today? It is my birthday today. Why didn't I know that? I don't know. It's a disgrace. Uh, happy birthday. Okay. Well, thank you. Why didn't I know it was your birthday today? I don't know. Lots of lots of people on, on the app nets and the Twitters have been wishing me a happy birthday, and I'm very grateful for that. I have not seen that. Uh, I apologize for my tardiness, and I wish you the happiest of birthdays. Thank you, sir. I'm 46. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel like... I don't know. I, I'm not one of these people that fears getting older. Uh, I think there's several reasons behind that, but I'm doing pretty damn good for 46, let me tell you. I'm pretty happy. Good man. So. Okay, buddy. All right. Well, where can people find us, my friend? Uh, go to patrickrone.com, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-R-H-O-N-E. So you're going to find Pat's stuff, yeah. links to his books, links to all of his social profiles, but he is at Patrick Roan, too, Thank and you. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. I hope you enjoy the rest of your birthday, sir. Thank you, sir. And we'll be back next week. Thanks so much all for right. listening. Yes, we'll chat later. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>